joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Father, I pray that in these next few moments, not only would that the wonder of Easter be recaptured again in our hearts, but the greatness of salvation, the miracle of salvation, the, the, the thing that captures hearts of so many this season, Lord, is you broke every chain, death, darkness, depression. Father, you broke all those chains. So, Father, I ask that there be a demonstration of your power here today, not just a, we sing about it and talk about it, but we could experience something firsthand. Father, there's great needs represented in this body here right now. I don't need to remind you of that. But, Lord, as we sing how great you are, may we be reminded how that greatness is accessible today for each home and each heart. Pray for revelation, Lord, of your great love, your supernatural provision, and what you have accessible today by faith. So, Father, let this Easter be like no other Easter before, because we need some things to come to life. Some things have died, some dreams have died, Lord. Some parts of our hearts seem a little bit dead and a little bit dry, but today I'm asking for the resurrection power, the living Christ, once again, to breathe upon these dusty, dry old bones. Oh God, I pray today that you would bring life again, Lord, where there's been death. I pray that you bring light where there's been darkness. I ask, oh God, today that you bring strength, Lord, where there's been fear. Father, I'm praying today that you roll away some stones and we'd be able to see, Lord, in and see specifically the great things that you are about to do. God, I pray that a vision for our future wouldn't be hindered by our experiences of the past. Father, I ask that your word would explode on our horizons, Father, and you'd show us that great future that you have for us. Father, you said you have thoughts toward us to give us hope and a future, and I declare that hope and that future, Lord, is available for everyone that's here this morning. God, I pray that Easter morning could break through and light would be restored again in the hearts of your people in the name of Jesus our Lord. Give my hand clap. Father, we worship and thank you for your greatness today. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, worship team. You can be seated. Easter is always the um, for the for, for 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 us church people, it's the most exciting time of the year. And um it often messes people up when I remind them that historically, of course, we celebrate Easter this day, but it may not have been specifically this day. And really? Maybe, maybe December 25th wasn't really Jesus' birthday. Really? <clears throat> but it's okay. Because it's what we're doing is where we're entering into the spirit of this season is what we're doing. And this, those, those specifics aren't that important. But there are a few other specifics that are really, really, really important. And so I want to share with you a couple of points about Easter that um, remind us of the practicality 
of Easter and what took place. Um, you know, I hope that hope that's okay. I want to share the good news with you today about the the gospel and how people can be changed and transformed. Um, I think the Lord. Um, yeah, this is what happens on Sunday morning when we get together. We 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 sing a little bit, and uh, but I don't want you to confuse. Um, sorry, we worship a little bit. Don't confuse that with singing. Some of us aren't very good singers, but we're great worshipers. I'm an awesome worshiper. Doesn't have anything to do with how 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 melodic I am. Uh, it has to do with the heart, and the gospel is the fuel for worship. That's what it is, and we need. Um, I need the Lord to remind me, and once again, about the, this great wonder of the resurrection. Because it's, uh, this, this season for us, this is the one that we're reminded to, um, to, to celebrate. And you know, I was reading today about the, uh, well yesterday actually, about the first um, uh, people that landed, the first guy that landed on the moon, Buzz Aldrich. And how, yeah, him. And how that the first thing he did when he, it was have communion on, on that was the first thing he did that and and um there was a because he was he was um um madeleine o'hara this atheist who was giving him a bunch of problems so the the uh, the nasa cut off the communication because he wanted to read his pastor gave him what to read about having communion and this was the first first the first um fluid that would be poured out would have been the the symbol of the blood and the first Cracker. The first food was the wafer. And you think sometimes when we, we do this thing called communion, what a what a what a crazy idea that is. Uh, it's kind of like baptism. It's kind of a crazy idea, uh, you, you know, because like you, but it's but but there's power in this symbolism connecting with the reality of what's going on in our life. And uh, I've seen, and uh, I've seen really powerful communion services, really powerful baptism services, and it's about us connecting our faith to this action. And most of us know that you have to have an action for faith to work; that it demands an action, otherwise it's dead. So essentially, those, you know, our, our faith actually has to has to move; it has to it has to do something. And so, you know, so this is one of the things our, our faith does. It gathers us on a Sunday morning. It gets us singing songs in unity. It gets a lift in our hands. It gets us sometimes up early in the morning praying and reading our Bible. And it gets you doing wild things. But what can happen in our journeys of faith is we can cool off. And if we're not careful, and, uh, and I'm just going to prophesy the reverse of that. You're gonna, it's going to get, because we need much, we need brighter lights as, as in, in, in our culture right now, much brighter lights. And Easter reminds us, I like when the flowers can come out and, um, you know, chocolate and, but, but, I, but Easter is all about that, bright colors and new life. And, and that's what resurrection life is. Paul said this way, he said, I, I want to know you and I want to know about the power of your resurrection. I don't know if that's bothered anybody or not, but knowing about Christ and knowing the power of his resurrection are two very different things. And so this is, this morning I want to talk about the power of uh, the resurrection. And, uh, and I want to just um, include like a little bit what happened at Easter and how does that affect us and, um, and just celebrate this great, this great uh, day that we get to enjoy together. I want to thank the ministry that we had while we, Kelly and I were away at some meetings in Australia and the natural stop-off point to Sydney, Australia is Hawaii, so we stopped there. It's a natural stop-off and we had some... Um, 
um, great global meetings. Um, and we are on track for the 2020 vision to have 1,000 churches by 2020. We're just over 470 now around the world, and it's, and it's building a lot of momentum. And so that's very, very exciting. There's uh, 88,000 people called C3 churches, their homes around the world, and, uh, and it's really, really exciting times. And we had a great time listening to great speakers and great worship, and uh, I got to meet this young fella, you know, who's a reasonable preacher, his name is Stephen Furtick, and he... Um, um, he bookended um, me on last Sunday morning. We were in Sydney, and uh, Kelly and I had a lot of um, really great, great connections back there as we gathered for that. Anyway, so thank you for um, Pastor Fenn and uh, Graham Fletcher who came and ministered to you uh, while we were away. Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Um, uh, I want us to consider this, this, this passage while... while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Everything we did, he, everything that the Lord did for us, he did while we were not specifically awesome, while we were not all cleaned up. When you think of the people, everyone that Jesus uh, healed in the New Testament, none of them were born again. And sometimes we think that after we, get, we come to Christ and we lay all this brokenness and bring all of our darkness and bring all of this despair and we lay it before the Lord and, uh, and only from that time on that he loves us. The fact is that he loves you with an everlasting love way before, way before you even came along since the foundation of the earth. And he'll continue to love you as you blow it along the way. His love's not conditional upon your performance. And, um, and so, so I just want to read from Isaiah 53 because every time I read through this, I think of, I think of like the, uh, the, the thing that the church stands for. Of course, last week, Pastor Fenn talked about the suffering Savior. Then when he rose again, he was, he was uh, the victorious Savior. But then after that, when he finished his work between the cross and the throne, he now becomes the resurrected Lord. And that's, those, are, those are different expressions of the full work of, of the cross. And, and if we're not careful, sometimes we use Old Testament terms to describe what happened in the New Testament. The, the term atonement is not used in the New Testament because it's an Old Testament term. Atonement was the covering of sin. Jesus didn't cover your sin. He became your sin. There's quite a difference. This is significant. And we, we even, um, in my Bible college classes, they, they used to sometimes talk about the blood that was spilt. Listen, his blood, when, you, when, when, you, when we were bringing the milk from the barn to the house, if you, if you spilt the milk, it was an accident. The blood wasn't spilt by accident. It was intentional and purposeful. And the blood of Christ that has not lost its power was a very specific, intentional work out of deep love of the Father for you and for me. There's no accident. It was all specifically orchestrated. And when we look at it from a lateral plane, many times I think that we don't get the right perspective. And so, so the Lord says in Isaiah 53, he says, who's believed our report? And, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? This is Isaiah 51, before he describes the crucifixion. Who has believed our report? Because the report needs to be believed. And who's believed it? Because the gospel requires our belief and our agreement in order for, uh, for it to save, heal, or deliver us. And, and here's what I found is that I found that um, because of the, there's such a vast amount of information about the historical Christ that if we're not careful, we'll believe the historical count of Christ 
and not the biblical account of Christ. And they're very different. That, that Christ came and died on a cross in, in Jerusalem, just outside of Jerusalem, this is a historical fact. So isn't that great? But that doesn't do you or I any good. That was, that was just a good, good, awesome carpenter man who was crucified. Lots of people were crucified in those days. And, and some even more brutally than Christ. But what was significant about Christ's crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection? That's what we celebrate at Easter. And that's very different. So he says, who's believed our report? Because the, record, the report requires you and I to believe it. So, so when you think of the different ways that people were crucified, or sorry, executed in those days, there was other types. There was decapitation. There was burning. Equally as terminal as crucifixion, but not as shameful as crucifixion. And, and you recall some of the events, when I read back through the events, they're honestly, they just, they, they, they just remind me, I, like, like how did all this fit together? And of course, it was all prophesied in the Old Testament that this was gonna happen. And even the events of which they were gonna take place. Uh, right, hundreds of years before it would ever happen. And to think that the veil was ripped from the top to the bottom, that could have been up to 18 inches thick. Which, in the Hebrew culture, of course, whenever a father lost a son, he would rip his garments in half. So what took place at Easter time was all extremely symbolic and had much to do with that era and that time as well. But more importantly, it's still relevant for you and I today. And, and that's what, why we celebrate and get little baby goats and little baby bunnies to be outside there for you. The Bible is awesome. So when I read through this, the, the, the text from Scripture, uh, this, this, just imagine 40 different authors over, over 1,500 years in three different languages uh, exploring very critical topics. How could they ever agree? And you, right? But the fact is that they all did agree because there was one author and 40 writers. And that author was Christ. So when we read through the scriptures and we read about what took place at Easter time, uh, to, to, to me, so much of this, it, it, we, we have to once again, it's like we're re I want to be able to read it again for the first time. And so I, we look at Matthew chapter 28, and we look at this Easter, this, this early on, on Sunday morning. Well, uh, of course, those of you who understand basic math, you realize that he didn't die on Good Friday. Um, and rose again on Sunday morning. I think you know that, that just three days, Friday, Saturday, I think you know that. I hope you know that. He didn't really uh, die on Friday. He would have been Wednesday afternoon. But that doesn't matter. We had a great service on Friday. Anyway, celebrating the same thing. Uh, 28, Matthew chapter 28 says, early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to see the tomb and suddenly there was a great earthquake because an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. Just love that picture. And here we are having angels showing up who, and it says his face shone like lightning and his clothes was as white as snow. Just think about this for a moment. The guards shook, uh, sorry, and his, the guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Right, so this is all very, very traumatic. 
And then the angel spoke to the woman and said, don't be afraid. Typically, this is what the response when angelic appearances took place is they would be just don't be afraid because the initial reaction would be to like freak out, um, wet yourself. And he said, don't be afraid. He said, I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's ra- he has raised, he's been raised from the dead just as he said it would happen. Come see where the body is lying and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has been raised from the dead and, and is going ahead of me into Galilee and you'll see him there. Remember, I have told you this. Okay, so, so we're those people that believe that people can rise from the dead. This is a remarkable encounter. And for, for you and I, I'm not sure if you've seen people rise from the dead or not. This doesn't happen that often. And in this case, he said that's what, exactly what he was going to do. And I love the, that the angel rolled the stone away. Jesus didn't need to roll the stone away. Jesus somehow, he, he was the, what happens on Star Trek, how they just dematerialize and then they, this is what he, he done. He just like, he walked right through that old stone. And they rolled the stone away so that people could look inside and say, see, he's not here. And John says that the grave clothes were still there, just like he stepped through these grave clothes. It's this, this Easter is amazing. Amazing. And so the women, they ran quickly from the tomb and they were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to find the disciples and give them the angel message. And as they went, Jesus met them, greetings, he said. And they ran to him, held his feet, worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and then we'll see you there. Fascinating, fascinating story. All of these, all of the encounters that took place between the cross and the throne, because of what took place between the cross and the throne, you and I can have brand new life. We can have this resurrection life, the life that bounces back, the life that where when you get knocked down, you get back up again like that little punching bag thing. It's the same thing. Is that stuff doesn't keep us down because the things that kept Christ down, he overcame them. And because he overcame them, you and I can overcome everything that Christ has overcome as well if we believe into what he has done. So this is our deal. Have you believed that report? If you believe that report, there's nothing in hell that can stop you from fulfilling your purpose on earth because he gives us and the power of the resurrection. That's what, that's what gets on the inside of us. So, so this is fascinating. And the other thing that he did, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3 to 8, says that he, he showed up he showed himself to like over 500 people. For 40 days, he's walking around the resurrected Lord. Like, wouldn't you have loved to have been there? And his body was like of a different material. And this, and this is like he said, you, see this, you can see the scars. This is, this, this is the only man-made thing in heaven, the Gaither song says. I was thinking this week as we were traveling about this idea of vertical citizenship because in the Greco-Roman world where the New Testament was written, um, just imagine a world that's based primarily on status. Oh, I guess that isn't that hard to imagine. <laughs> so, so here's what was made painfully clear to me. Has anybody ever done this um, before where you're about to uh, board an airplane and what they do is they walk you through first class. The nerve. By the, you know, and, and, and they, here's, what they would, here's what they did at the one time. They, they actually had a special place to enter even. 
and, and, then there's, and then the rest of us have to go through like the back door. But, but, but what happened with us is we went through like the middle door and what you have to do is you have to walk all the way through first class to get to cattle class where you are. Have you, has that, has that ever happened to any of us? That's a, that's a very maddening thing. You see all these really, the, 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 the pods, where the, right? The nice screen and the remote control and they've got the crystal glass and real uh, cutlery, not the plastic stuff that bends when you, they got the real stuff. And, uh, and, and, and I don't know if this happens to you, but, but um, uh, th- when you need to use the washroom, you can't even use their washroom. It's like a high, this, right? The 100,000 mile plus people, only the super elite can use this bathroom. It's a very special bathroom apparently. Yours is way, way, way at the back of the plane and uh, you feel like, um, you know, it's like third, fourth, fifth class. Uh, the other thing that they'll do actually, and this is what they did to us, a beautiful airplane, and we appreciate what Air Canada does and the stewardesses, and I didn't fly United, but even if I have, I've, no one's ever dragged me off the plane anyway when I did. But, but here's what they do. Once everybody gets seated, then, they'll, then they uh, draw the curtain so you can't look. You know? and, and on ours, we had a little, there was a little slit that you could, at least you could look up. The, and as soon as the plane took off, down comes, can't even look in there anymore. They're too, they're too special, those people. And, uh, and I, you know, I mean, it's okay, I suppose. But um, here's, the, here's the remarkable thing, is there's no class distinction in Christ. He said, whosoever will can come. Male, female. Jew or Gentile, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. This is just the wonderful thing about Christ. He, he levels the playing field. There's no one here this morning that's outside of the reach and the love of Christ. You don't have to be someone, do something special. He loves us all equally and he loves us all uniquely. This is the miracle of Christ. So how do I apply this? If the whole world is forgiven and the whole world is loved, then why isn't everybody saved, everybody living in this space? And it's because we need to appropriate it into our life. And so this is, that's, that's what happens with the gospel. And that's the amazing thing, how that Christ came as God but laid aside his deity. What does that mean? Here's what it means, is that he didn't cover our sin, like I said earlier, he became our sin. And, and for you and I to, to understand this, not only became our sin, but he also became the penalty for all of our sin. This is remarkable for me. So for you and I today, if you're dealing with whatever you may be dealing with, if you've seen that Christ dealt with it on the cross, you can appropriate that into your life today. So the first thing, of course, we think about is our sin and our dysfunction. He, he, he bear, carried in his body every adulterous thought, every immoral activity, every, every dysfunction that you could ever imagine, he carried in his body, as well as every disease. Sometimes, I know when I was going through my healing process, I would quote, quote 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, by his stripes we are healed. And I thought of that over and over again. I said, how in the world can I be healed by what some Roman soldier did to the back of a 30 year old or 33 year old carpenter? Has anybody ever, this, is, this was a mystery for me. But you realize that the word stripes is actually the word bruised. And you realize what took place in his body, it wasn't the stripes that healed, or that, that were by, by which we're healed, it's that he carried in his body every one of our sicknesses, every one of our diseases, he, he carried in his body. So when you think of any, any disease that you can imagine, if you think of eggs or any kind of cancer or any kind of leprosy or, or the worst possible thing, he carried that in his body until it killed him. 
And for three days, he had to take the Old Testament scriptures that he knew. Of course, he was the, the living word, but he had to take the word and now allow his, this to bring him and rise him back to new life. You and I need to do the same thing. This is, this is how we appropriate the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Help us, Holy Spirit, to understand this. So whatever it may be that you're wrestling with, whatever the challenge may be that you're facing, if you can see that Christ has carried that in his body, you by faith believing in that can have the same outcome or the same effect in your life. First John says this, it says this, it says that as he is, so are we now in this world. How is he? He has overcome every power of darkness, therefore you and I can have, have no issue with darkness anymore. We have no issue with any demonic power anymore. We have no issue with any disease because he carried that and he overcame all that as well. This is the miracle of salvation. And so he bore this in his body and this now as we look and we can see him now as the resurrected Lord, you and I now can appropriate that same provision for us today. This, and salvation, of course, is much more than just being free from sin, but it means being made whole. It means, means being prospered. It means being blessed. It's got all of these other, it means have peace, that we can have peace. And if, the Lord, if any way you've, you've lost your peace over the season, the Lord can restore that peace. Salvation is everything that Jesus is and has now. Uh, so first, uh, John, uh, Romans chapter 10, it says that, that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For by believing in your heart, we're made right with God and by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As we close this morning, the simple um, response that I'd like you to consider. First of all, if you haven't accepted Christ as your savior, that would be the first one I'd like you to respond to by simply praying a simple prayer in your heart saying, God, come into my life. I accept what you did on the cross. Come into my life. The second group of people are those who have ran from the Lord. They've, they've distanced themselves from the Lord. They've went away from the Lord and you want to come home. And the third group of people I'd like to pray for are people that need assurance of their salvation this morning. That you, in, in your heart, that if you don't know without a shadow of a doubt, that if you, something happened and you ended up having to die within the next whatever, that you wouldn't instantly be ushered into heaven. If you're not sure of that, that's the other group of people that I wanna pray for this morning. So would you stand with me together as we, as we pray together. Father, I thank you that your great love made provision for us. And you anticipated <clears throat> every dysfunction and you anticipated every disease. You anticipated that in this world we would have trouble, but not to worry because you've overcome the world. Father, I pray for these people who are gathered here this morning. And I pray, Father, that courage would rise in their heart to respond to you today. If there's anyone here that's not responded to you, by accepting you as Lord, and Savior, I ask that you would give them the confidence to respond. If there's anyone who feels distance, that they've turned their back on you, that this morning they can come back to you. And if there's anyone here that doesn't have assurance of salvation, that you would assure them of that this morning. Father, I thank you today for this great salvation that we can enjoy. And I thank you, Father, that you'll confirm your word with signs following. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, 
moment of personal reflection. If you'd like to receive Christ this morning and you saying in your heart, you know, I don't know him as Savior. We'll simply like to ask you to raise your hand in a moment and put it right back down again. We'll just have someone hand you a Bible and you can go on your way today. If you have accepted Christ as Savior, but you've walked away from him and this morning you want to come back, I'd ask then in a few moments you'd raise your hand. Or if you'd like assurance of salvation, I'd like you to raise your hand and I want to pray for you all specifically. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, in a private moment, if you'd like to receive Christ as your Savior, I want you just to put your hand up right now where you are and someone will just come and give you a Bible. Is there anybody here this morning want to accept Christ? into your heart as Savior, accept him into your life. Anybody who wants to come back to the Lord and you're saying, Pastor, I'm, I think I've walked away and I feel distant from the Lord today. If that's you, just slip up your hand right now so I can see, so I can pray for you right where you are. Is there anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just put up your hand and then put it down again so I can see you. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. You just don't feel as close to the Lord. You walked away from him this morning and said, I need to rededicate my life. I need to come back to him. Is there any more? Just slip up your hand quick so I can pray for you right where you're standing. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you that you've made this so simple that all we need to do is believe in our heart and turn and come to you. That this morning, those that raised their hands, that you would supernaturally just welcome them back with open arms. Father, I pray for a revelation of your great love for them, and I break any hold of guilt or lies over their mind or life that would keep them, that say, I just need to do something more, something more, rather than just say, this morning I'm just going to come. Father, I thank you that they can just come to you guilt-free. In the name of Jesus, I pray for great peace to be restored, and no more of their path would be jagged and rough and rocky that you would make a clear and a straight path for them. I thank you, Lord, as they come home, Father, that they'll feel your great love and your assurance of your love in Jesus' name. Just this last call, just give me another minute if you don't mind, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. If you don't have assurance of salvation, you're not 100% sure there's somewhere to happen to you, you would not end up in heaven. If you want assurance of salvation, I'd like you to slip your hand up quickly right now so I could pray for you as well. Is there anybody? Thank you, ma'am. Is there anybody else? Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Any, anybody else? You're not sure. You just don't, you need assurance. If somewhere to happen, you would end up in heaven. Thank you, ma'am. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you that your word reminds us, Lord, anybody that comes to you, you will in no way cast away. So, Father, I declare over these ones that raise their hands, Father, for an inner witness of the assurance that to be absent from the body would be present with the Lord. I pray that you would assure them today, both in that inner witness of their heart and remind them in the word as they study your word this week. Let assurance be that they are your son and your daughter and no one can snatch you out of the Father's hands in Jesus' name. And now for everybody else that's here, Father, who's, who needs a new injection of hope and a new injection of peace and a new injection of energy and love and passion, I declare over these people, Lord, that we are white hot with a passion of Christ to know and follow him. I pray for a great passion, Lord, for your bride, your church, your word, and your Holy Spirit. I pray your blessing 
blessing upon everyone that's gathered here and supernatural favor over everybody that's here. God, I thank you that you rose again and we can have new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Through those doors, walk people full of life and full of hope. God bless you, your release. Go and change your world. Amen and amen. message has impacted you. For more information about what's going on, please check out our website at myc3church.ca. Now go change your world.